A friend of mine from the award-winning animation E equals MC Cube has a question for you. I'm Dave Quahogowitz. Did you ever wonder how different your life would be if you just did that one thing other than the one thing you're doing now? Ask yourself that question, sit back, relax, and welcome to the Million Dollar Painting. I have a certain amount of ADD, which I'm good with. I very glibly say I'm an ADD survivor. What does that mean? Well, instead of just being this artist who's creating a suite of paintings, I'm also somebody who wound up painting an ABC book that was a little bit of a counterintuitive ABC book in that A was not for Apple, A was for Apoceptive Achatina. And there's a big story that goes along with the ABC book that trips into another branch of the ADD tree, which is animations. And after I made the ABC book that had many characters in it, people were saying to me over and over again, what are the stories for these characters? I started writing stories, soon realized that they'd be best told visually with animations. So I'm a painter. I'm an author, which sounds very funny because it is an ABC book. But the ABC book does come along with a set of stories. And I'm also an animator because I actually made an animation, a couple of animations. The last one I made got into 14 film festivals and won four gold awards for best animation. And Victor, I don't mean to cut you off, but just so everybody listening knows... E equals MC cubed is the award-winning animation that he's speaking of that you might have heard in the beginning of the podcast. And that animation also provided us our intro music, our outro music, and some other voices that you'll be hearing throughout your listening. He's about to talk in the third person, folks. Wound up doing more than he thought he could ever do in a place he thought he would never be, in a building that was bigger than he thought he would ever have. I ended up in a place I never thought I would be in yeah. a building I never thought I would be in. I, I think that you are more interesting than I am, but I think I've done more. Definitely. Yeah. I've definitely had my fair share for 26 of really weird things that I've done career-wise, living-wise, all these opportunities that I had and just kind of ended up here, which is kind of crazy. So the ended up here part is the part that uh, I think think tips the scales as far as I'm 68 years old she's 26 years old you're still 26 I'm still 26 okay so magical careers where people have figured out how to market their stuff but if you look closely behind the scenes there's always a partnership that creates and then also the other half promotes and they work together as a team they're a fantastic artist who never connect because they weren't lucky enough to make that creation or connection. If you're working at night and you're just slaving away at what you love doing, you don't really, uh, personally, I just don't go around thinking about when am I going to meet that person, but I know I have to meet them. And I've always done a certain amount of things to get me to where I am now, but I've always realized that I need to have a partnership with somebody where it's the job we're both working on promoting my artwork, not as if it's my artwork, as if it's just a product. But there's a dedication and a focus that goes along with that. I've reconciled, reconciled myself to uh, it happening like posthumously. 
My main thing is to just do as much work as possible. I moved up to Jim Thorpe 20 years ago. I bought a 16,000 square foot factory building that my wife, Joan Morgan, and I have been working on, and we've turned it into something that is quite remarkable. It's a destination, it's complex, it's a uh, museum, it's a restaurant, it's a jazz club, it's a 7,000 square feet of gallery space. That's all? No, that's modest, because... <laughs> In a couple of weeks, it's going to become 9,000 square feet of gallery space. And the thing is, I filled the whole building up with my artwork. And people come here and they go, is this guy alive? And because it just looks like a lifetime's worth of work. And I always feel like I'm just beginning. But I am not marketing this situation with anybody. So I am just doing what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis as far as maintaining the building, filling up the walls, dealing with all the situations here but not truly taking care of my marketing needs. Now, here's the funny part of the story. About two months ago, my wife says to me, these two lesbians, it's like two <laughs> lesbians, two lesbians walking to a bar. These two lesbians came up and they're looking, they, they want to see the Staben Museum. And so they came to see the Staben Museum. You can't see my work online, I can be found. They came up to Jim Thorpe from Port Jefferson, it's about 150 miles away, and we were closed, but they're intrepid. They came back the next week, but we were closed, but they're resourceful. So they went to Amy at Somersault, which is a card shop owned by this woman who is a brilliant designer. And uh, they said, what's going on with this place? It's never open. Amy, small town. Amy called up Joan. Joan gave him a tour of the building that lasted an hour and a half. And then my wife said to me, I met these lesbians. They love your work. They want to come here and work with you. And I think, and I just said, you sound crazy. And so six weeks pass, six weeks pass, and Joan's like helping them get an apartment. And then all of a sudden, they're here. One of them actually is working here. And I said, I said to her, uh, I don't want to be rude, but I could take a punch. So <laughs> I'll tell a joke no matter what, right? <laughs> There's no safe audience around me. So I said to, I said to her, uh, all I know is you're part of the lesbians. Do you have a name? <laughs> and this, this woman's name is Danielle. She's got a sense of humor. There's nothing I've said so far that she's told me has been offensive. And we're working together. And the exciting thing for me is... She said something, I know you can tell that she's smart. The one thing she said that made me think this could work, she says, we're funny, okay? <laughs> and I'm always telling people how funny I am, but they're looking at me like, you're not so funny. And I think I'm funny. And I don't, like I said, I can take a punch, but if you don't think I'm funny, fuck you. <laughs> I think I'm funny. So Definitely is funny. So she's working <laughs> with funny. me now. We're working together. And I'm looking at it like, very easily, one of the most important relationships of my life. And for somebody to pick up and transplant themselves because they've looked at my body of work, I can't get a better compliment than that. Could you imagine if they showed up and they were fucking stupid? What's the... How do you walk out of that situation? So anyway... Well, that's, luckily, that's not the situation. I, I, I know that was a little wordy. <laughs> no. Oh, no. You, you, well... 
We'll let the audience decide that over the next <laughs> yes. three months. I'm still wondering when the shoe's going to drop. And you know what Rodney Dangerfield said? What'd he say? Everybody's normal for 15 minutes. I think I've had my 15 minutes of <laughs> proving to you that I'm normal for sure. Well, I hope for that sure. I don't do anything that uh, makes you feel like, what the fuck did I move to this place for? <laughs> Definitely not. <Okay>. Definitely not. <laughs> so that's my story. Do you want to put your spin And on now it? my perspective of how I ended up here. So <clears throat> I'm born and raised Long Island. And one of the most beautiful things that comes with growing up in a place like that is throughout your entire schooling career, anybody who grows up on the island knows this, any field trip you take, any class you take, there's always a trip to New York City to be had. So I grew up going to the Met, the MoMA, the American Museum of Natural History, seeing all these art exhibits, going into the city for Broadway plays, and I was surrounded by art and culture growing up. And I even had the privilege of going to Italy my senior year of high school. And I had an experience in the Vatican that I've never had until that point where you're standing in front of artwork and it makes you emotional and you feel something. And it's one of those moments where you're like, wow, I wish I could talk to the artist and ask them and understand how the process works, how they get to this point of creation. And I mean, nine times out of 10, you see a piece of art that inspires you and the artist is dead. That's just the reality of the situation. So my wife and I came to this small town to see this guy's work. And like he said, so when we got the tour, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't Google him. I didn't look up his work. I just came to the building with no expectations. And so wait a second, let me interrupt, which is part of my technique of communicating. <laughs> Interrupting so was and it Jess's idea to come see my work? Yes. Okay. So Jess is my wife and she knew that I would love this place, but I'm the type of person where I put expectations on things and I end up disappointed. So every time we came here, it was one of those things where I didn't want to have any expectations. So I didn't even look, I didn't know, I just came with an open mind. And I had that moment here when Joan, Victor's wife, was explaining the meanings behind all of the paintings, talking about his story, which we'll get into more. And that is why I uprooted my entire life to come and move here, which this is rural Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> so to move from a place where I was to a place like this, it was definitely a moment of inspiration for me, for sure. And I'm the person who I follow the signs and I follow opportunities. I was very lucky with some opportunities I've had in my life. I wanted to go to fashion school since I was eight years old, uh, the F Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, and I got in. I had the internship of a lifetime at Roberto Cavalli. I was dressing celebrities for the VMAs. I was working Fashion Week. I was doing all that stuff, and I hated it, so I changed what I was doing, and I bounce around from here to there, and I try to figure out what it is that I want to be doing. And the only thing that ever has gotten me anywhere was following what inspires me. And so that's I have, how I, I have, ended I up to, here. I have to ask you something because yeah. I think the audience needs to know it. You just said you went to FIT. Now, mm -hmm. my narrow view of FIT is it's a fashion school. And everybody who goes there goes there because a component of what they do is drawing. But you went there as a writer. Yes, they have a business school. I didn't know that. Yeah. I find that exciting. Yes, I am a uh, writer. I love <laughs> I love to write. Everything in my life revolves around writing, whether it's journaling or just 
you know, every morning I write three things that I'm grateful for just to keep my mindset in check. I have poetry books that I've written and stories and done copy before for people, social media pages. And I learned a lot of my skills at FIT. So it's a fine arts school and a business school that focuses around the fashion industry, but you can go there and not end up in fashion too, which is pretty cool. I'm being polite. Are you done? Yes, I'm done. Oh, so here we are. <laughs> Fine. Usually he interrupts me, but now this time he does Well, I was doodling. So, but, uh, so here we are, the billion dollar painting. And why is it called the billion dollar painting? Because you're supposed to say, hey, Vic, why is it called the million dollar painting? I thought you were just going to keep going. I am going to keep going, but I need to be interrupted. So <laughs> What's Jewish conversation? I'm, I don't know. Waiting for the other person to stop talking so you could say whatever you want to say, <laughs> even though you weren't listening to what they were saying. So what is the meaning behind okay. the million dollar painting? The million dollar painting is, everybody looks at a painting and they go, Jesus, my kid could have done that. And then that's something that is like in the news because it got sold for multi-millions of dollars. So one of the paintings I'm working on in the near future, the next painting I'm working on is something that might take me six months to do. And one of the things that I do as a painter is not care about a gallery saying to me, you gotta knock out, you gotta knock out a certain amount of paintings within a certain amount of time because I have to sell a certain amount of paintings. What I wanna do is create paintings that have a certain amount of time that goes into, the paintings I make take a certain amount of time to create because they're involved. And I don't care about immediate deadlines. I care about making something that is substantial that will be looked back on 100 years from now. My judge is 500 years of art history. And when I look at paintings through the lens of art history, there's just certain things, like my favorite painting, for example, was made by Salvador Dali. It was, it's called Tuna Fishing. I think he worked on it for two years. It's just magnificent. Back to the original concept, my kid could do that. <laughs> there are paintings that are in the news all the time that are being sold for multi-million dollar prices. What our concept with this broadcast is, we get enough of a following, we show the painting off during its, pro during its process, or, and we get an audience, and somebody in this audience is gonna say, million dollars? That's nothing for this amount of work. And the painting itself draws on my life's work thematically. But mm -hmm. there's many themes in this painting that I put together as if I'm writing for an orchestra. So we're gonna talk this painting to death. We're gonna sell it starting price at a million dollars. And that's the goal. Are you done now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally, take me out of the oven. <laughs> And to go along with this, as he mentioned, we're going to show you the process. This is a podcast, and you're not going to be able to see the visual. So we will be having, I like to call it a supplemental TikTok, that's going to show you... Tutorial versions of what we're talking about in that old-fashioned TikTok style that just draws <laughs> you in for two hours until you say, I can't believe I did this for two hours. So Victor's speaking from experience because I downloaded TikTok onto his phone about two weeks ago now. Yeah. Maybe even a week ago. And he has officially fallen victim to the black hole that is TikTok because we have all been there where we open the app and next thing you know, three hours goes by and you have no idea what happened. 
Um, I wasn't on it for three hours, but I was on it for a lot longer <laughs> than I thought I'd be. And it's kind of funny. I listened to uh, Pivot with uh, Kara Swisher and uh, Scott Galloway, whom I love. And Kara Swisher just talks about, like, what am I going to do this afternoon? I'm going to go to TikTok and look up air fryers. <laughs> I had no idea how anybody could, like, use that as a concept yep. or put a sentence together like that until I started looking at who knows what on TikTok. So. The cooking side of TikTok is something. One of the first pages I showed Victor was Kaylee May. And if anybody watches TikTok, you know who Kaylee May is. She's the girl who organizes her refrigerator, cuts cucumbers, and has, I think it's now 40 million followers. So it's definitely possible in the world of TikTok. So with this podcast, we will have a TikTok showing the building, Victor's studio, his artwork, his process, everything that he's built. His animations. The doodles. The doodles. That I'm making as we're talking. Exactly. He makes yeah. doodles at every point in the day that he can. He is a man that has done a lot of things, and there is a lot of stuff to go through and talk about and show you. Sitting in his studio, everything in here was made by him. Everything's on wheels. True. Everything's on wheels. Almost everything <laughs> was made by me. Pretty much everything. But I added wheels to everything. Editing you is a full-time <laughs> job. Whoa, that's just too unbelievable to believe. Keep talking, this is getting good. Well, guys, if you made it this far, we just want to thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow us at The Million Dollar Painting and be sure to come back next week for the next episode of our podcast. Get ready to laugh with us, have fun with us. And if you want to see any more of Victor's work, be sure to check it out on www.victorstaben.com. There you can find his artwork, his animations, information about the museum. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM us or contact us. Thanks so much, guys.